And good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, or good evening, depending upon where you are on this rotating sphere orbiting the sun at about uh, 18 and a half miles per well, It's actually bigger than that. It's uh, 60 some thousand miles per hour. I don't remember what the miles per second conversion is. Be that as it may, what we're going to be talking about tonight are two of my favorite subjects, the physics. And you know, when I say that, I mean the hyperdimensional physics model and consciousness. And it's really apropos of what NASA posted this week on its website. If you go to the other side of midnight.com and you click on the uh, banner for tonight's show, Saturday night, that will take you to the show page tonight, guest page. Scroll down a bit under Radio with Pictures, and there are my items. And the only item I have tonight is this incredibly interesting NASA story, Fresh Evidence for New Physics in the Universe. My gosh, my gosh, my gosh, right there on the NASA website. New Physics. You don't suppose they're <clears throat> catching up to you. Anyway, uh, read that because it's based on new work by the Hubble Telescope which has been measuring the periods of Cepheid variables. A Cepheid variable is basically, uh, well, you could call it a yardstick star. It turned out back in the 1920s that a gal named Henrietta Leavitt, who was one of the computers, as they were called in those days, at Harvard, Harvard College Observatory, measuring photographic plates, discovered a class of star because the first one was found in the constellation of Cepheus or Cepheus that was varying in brightness according to how big and bright the star was. In other words, she found what we would now call standard candles. And you know that as we get farther and farther away from stuff, it gets dimmer. The actual equation is one over R squared. In other words, if it's twice as far away, it's only one quarter as bright. If it's three times as far away, it's one ninth as bright. If it's nine million times as far away, well, you can you can do that one. Okay, that's an exercise for the student. Point is that if you have a standard beacon in space, a standard candle, if you know the brightness of a star and you see it in the Milky Way and you can calibrate that brightness with distance, and then you move it out to I mean, millions of or billions of light years away in galaxies really out there toward the edge of the known 3.8 billion year uh, light year universe, you can find out the, the all kinds of interesting things, including something called the redshift. Now, we've all heard about this, I presume, back in the, again, 1920s, a guy at the other end of the continent at the uh, Mount Wilson Observatory, a guy named Hubble, working off work done at the Lowell Observatory by a guy named Slifer, confirmed that in fact, galaxies appear to be receding in every direction in the universe. This was called the redshift, measured by the reddening of the spectrum of the light of the stars in those galaxies. Well, you want these two calibrations to kind of cross. You wanna be able to know independently the distance to a galaxy that you're measuring the redshift of. And then you look at your curve in your computer, back then it was on paper, and you see where that would lie in terms of distance from Earth or distance from the solar system. And what they recently discovered, which is really kind of cool, 
and fits into our hyperdimensional model, which of course is going to underpin everything we're going to talk about uh, this morning, is that in the very beginning of the universe, just a few hundred million years after the Big Bang, or the event that left us with the universe we can see, the recession rate of the Hubble redshift was about 67 to 69 um, uh, million kilometers per parsec or something like that. But as you get much closer to the Earth, meaning Andromeda, which is only you know 2 million light years away, the velocity of recession, actually not for Andromeda because Andromeda is coming closest to us. It's approaching, it's not leaving. But galaxies around Andromeda that are at the same distance, they're receding from us at about 73 million kilometers per megaparsec. And that's really, really, really weird because it means not only has the redshift changed in the observable length of time of the universe, but it appears to be accelerating. In other words, the rate of change is increasing. And if you go to that NASA website, which is called Fresh Evidence for New Physics in the Universe, they're dropping us huge hints again from the inside that um, there's not everything that we know is everything that we know. In other words, there's new stuff to learn. Isn't that interesting that it is um, being dropped right now? Now, the reason this is relevant to tonight, and I'm going to bring on my first guest, which is Greg Ahrens, is because we have been following the incredibly awful, I mean, there are no, there are no words to match this, the, 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 the tragic events at uh, Parkland there in Florida. And normally I wouldn't get involved because, you know, it's kind of same old, same old. But what we've been doing with a lot of these things now, courtesy of conversations with uh, uh, Chris Knight, Chris Knowles, I'm sorry. Where did Knight come from? It's an old TV show, Knight Rider. Chris Knowles, is we've started looking at the symbolic backgrounds, the ritual potentials for all of these incidents kind of showing up on our radar. I mean, I've said over and over and over again that this year, 2018, is when the you-know-what hits the rotating kitchen appliance. And with that as kind of prologue, these events really don't look like they're organic, like they're natural. It looks like they're they're created, which gets into the main drift of what we're going to talk about tonight. So as a matter of course, Greg Ahrens, who is our associate at the Enterprise Mission, who's done an awful lot of stuff with me over the years, starting with our investigation into the Norway spiral. Remember that weird thing that appeared right after uh, it was announced that Obama was going to get a Nobel Prize? This bizarre thing appears over the Soviet Union on the skies of northern Norway, literally the day before he goes to Norway to collect the prize. We've been working on a lot of interesting stuff. And uh, Greg is former U.S. Air Force uh, during the Vietnam era. He studied political science. He's a fluent speaker of Spanish. And he also has spent, studied Spanish-American li literature at the University of Missouri. I can't talk tonight, turns out. And after working at a number of jobs, he finally earned a BA in individual studies at Columbia College in Columbia, Missouri. So without further ado, Greg, welcome to the other side of midnight. What do you got for us that puts the 
Was Parkland just a random, horrible tragedy? Or was it part of something more malevolent? Where are we on this tonight? Greg, are you there? Unmuting helps. You know, no matter how long I use Skype, I can never figure out when, when, where the unmute is if I am not familiar with it. Greg, are you unmuted? Hello, Greg. Mr. Ahrens, are you there? I'm not hearing anyone. That's really bizarre. Greg? Hello, Greg. Earth to Greg. Earth to Greg. Hi, Rich. This is Keith. Can you hear me? Okay? Yeah, I, I can hear you fine. I wonder what happened to Greg. It shows, I don't know. It shows he's connected, but I don't hear him. From my side, Robert and Greg are both flashing on Skype. I don't understand why. I'm not seeing Greg, and I'm I'm seeing Robert connected, but I don't see. I, I Greg's connected, but he's. I mean, this is all kind of backstage radio, folks. Uh, sorry for this, but uh, you know, when I do interesting shows on topics that are going to be kind of pivotal, as tonight is going to be, the bad guys do weird stuff. And I know there are people so resistant with that model, but it happens over and over and over and over again. Let me try this. Let me try disconnecting from him, and then we'll try to reconnect. So when in doubt, uh, I can't think of anything that is uh, uh, rhyming with when in doubt. Work it out. <laughs> okay, let me, while we're doing this, and I have to wait for this to recycle, um, I checked Blog Talk. Blog Talk looks okay. Let me go back and see if we can reconnect with uh, Greg Ahrens. See, what we did, and his light is showing green, so let me try this again. What he did was uh, look at the alignment data because we've discovered over the years that when these major events take place, they are done on a ritual calendar clock and Again, because going back to the physics, which we have measured with the Accutron, that these alignments and these really super alignments like eclipses have measurable effects in the physics. Well, the guys who are doing this ritual stuff, they're basically trying to harness this physics, kind of like surfing when surf is up, to enact their plans, their activities, their ritual, their ritual murder, which is what this is now looking like there in uh, Florida. And the reason is, if you go to the other side of midnight.com and you click on tonight's graphic and you scroll down under my items, it shows Greg's items. Um, and then we're still trying to get through, but something's blocking. Um, it, he's not picking up and he was there just before the show. Everything had been tested and he was there. Now it says call failed. Anyway, let me let me give you the data. Because according to the timeline published by the Sheriff's Department of Brevard County, at 2.06 p.m., Cruz was picked up by an Uber, and then he was dropped off at, at uh, uh, Stone um, uh, Douglas, Stoneman Douglas High School. At 2.19 p.m., um, uh, that's when he arrived at the school. At 2.21, he goes into the building 
on the east stairwell with a rifle in a, in a, in a case, according to the timeline. Now, we're presuming that the sheriff's department has taken the timeline from the video because these schools all have video running like in banks and post offices. Everybody's got video for security. So you can reconstruct the crime based on the time code on the video. At 221, Cruz gets into the building. And at 228, he gets out, runs in the direction of the tennis court, then goes south, going again to the sheriff's office, apparently looking at video. But it's 221 when he starts going through all the floors, three floors of the school, shooting everyone he meets, faculty and students, up to the very important number of 17. 14 students and three faculty. And if I can get Greg back, uh, we're working on it here. While I'm talking, we're working. Um, it's not connecting. It's very bizarre. It is not connecting. Anyway, his data says that um, at that particular time, at that specific time, when according to the videotape in the school, um, a crew started shooting people. He entered the building at 221. At 221 uh, p.m. EST, because remember Parkland's on the East Coast, on the 14th of February, Valentine's Day, Orion's belt, Orion, Os Osiris, was rising on the eastern horizon so that Alnitak, one of the stars, was at minus one degree. Analam was at zero degrees, exactly on the horizon, in alignment. And Mintaka, the third star, was plus one degree. In other words, it was perfectly, perfectly timed to coincide with the rising of Osiris, the god of resurrection. And 17 is an ancient Egyptian number. If I had Chris Knowles here, he would you know, verify that 17 is the number of uh, resurrection. So whoever staged this, and these, this, is, this now is beyond coincidence. I don't know whether it's three sigma, but uh, let me give you a few more numbers here. Saturn, at the same time, same celestial time, 2.21 p.m. EST. Saturn is setting on the south-southwest horizon at zero degrees. Now, why is Saturn important? Because Saturn, if you know anything about classical astrology, Saturn refers um, archetypally to the concreteness of our reality. So the symbolic meaning of Saturn setting on the horizon when this horrific, awful tragedy was going on, 17 people ritually murdered by this guy, Nicholas Cruz, who I guarantee you would not know a ritual if he tripped over it. And that's where we're going to get into with our conversation with Robert later in the morning. But he was acting like an automaton, according to this data. And with Saturn setting on the southwest horizon, the meaning of that is the, the current reality, the current concrete form, the current meta data of our iteration of reality, you know, what we think of as normal is dying, is changing. And that, of course, fits in with the 17 and the Osiris mythology on the other horizon. The moon was plus 33 degrees. Of course, 33 is uh, very important. That's Masonic. Venus was 49 degrees above the southwest horizon. 49 is the number of years it takes Sirius B to orbit Sirius A. And a lot of this has to do with Sirius, the star Sirius. 
And then Regulus was, of course, you know, which is the uh, the king, the ruler, was at minus 46 degrees below the northeast horizon, meaning it was rising, meaning it was being born, and it's rising through in the several minutes it took for Cruz to kill those 17 people. It rose, obviously, through 49 degrees. So you can basically say that all of these things are cross-correlating and fit this model that this horrible, terrific accident, tragedy, catastrophe, um, illness, whatever you want to, whatever frame you want to put around it, no, it was by design. Now, does that make Cruz a guy who knows what he's doing? No, as we're going to talk about in the rest of the show. Oh, by the way, Vega, remember we've been talking a lot about Vega? Vega is the descending eagle. Was it plus 27 degrees above the west-northwest horizon, meaning it's setting, it's descending like the eagle. Remember, Vega equates to eagle. And oh, did I happen to mention that the football team for the um, uh, Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland are named the Eagles? It's, it's really a tragedy. We're watching a tragedy, a, a carefully crafted tragedy, a ritual sacrifice. And uh, I think I'm showing Greg is green. Let's see if we can get him in on the conversation. Going, going. Come on, connect, connect. <laughs> live radio, folks. I love doing live shows because I can hear all of you out there rooting for this thing to connect. Come on, Greg. Come on. Um, okay. A guy named Jay is listening to our audio stream, says it sounds great. He is not answering. Greg is, n we cannot connect him. Obviously, the, the bad guys, no, that was the Philadelphia Eagles, all right? Not, the, not, these, not this football team. Um, so without further ado, I'll tell you what, let's, let's, go, let's go to a break, and um, we will come back in a couple of minutes. And uh, we'll bring on my primary guest of the evening, since I cannot seem to connect. Greg, are you there? Yeah, I'm here now. Oh, my God, there you are. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't unmute. I had to, nothing would work on, on Skype on this page. I had, to, I had to reboot. That is so bizarre. Well, obviously, somebody takes over these computers. I've seen it happening. I've done things where I'm watching the cursors move around without me moving it around. The bad guys are having fun tonight. So did you happen to hear, I kind of gave a pricey, not thinking that you would uh, uh, be able to get in, uh, of, of the data that you found, um, a, a couple of points. This timeline is published by the sheriffs of Brevard County, right? Brevard, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Brevard, Brevard County. Brevard, yeah. So it's, so it's a, um, a, an, an official timeline. Right, a preliminary, or they put it out on the fifteenth, and it, you know, it says subject to change in the first paragraph. Well, they always leave wiggle yeah. room. So when you like, came across like this data, what, what was what was your reaction? Um, I was surprised that uh, well, that it only lasted seven minutes, but seven being the the seven rotational mm -hmm. axes of the Hadrian, and. Uh, the Associated Press. Some people picked it up and said six minutes, but in their but in the text, the timeline, it still said two twenty one to two twenty eight. It's just that we don't have 
journalists that have you know any math skills or whatever to subtract <laughs> 21 from 28. Well, given, as I was saying, when you couldn't connect, uh, given uh, we're getting noises, or we don't want noises. Okay. Um, given that uh, this is all from the videotape, I mean, every, schools and everything else now, you've got traffic lights, you've got cameras over every intersection, you've got, you know, wired world. So this is from the time videotape in the school. You know, it's not the sheriff trying to figure out why, um, you know, things happen when they did this is that they can obviously from the database of the of the video so that we know this down to the to the second well they do in fact some of the uh some of the things were to the second and then in another article i read just a little while ago and i don't have don't have it all copied out and everything but um they had even you know what time he went to this floor and what time he went to that floor and it was all down to the second yeah it's all because so it it's, based on, off it's there. based on the videotape the videotapes in the car well, remember the sheriff admitted that they, the sheriff admitted they were reviewing videotapes because that's how we found out that the deputy who was been assigned, deputy sheriff assigned as the school resource officer in uniform with a handgun, did not go into the school in those critical seven minutes. And then we now know three other deputies did not go into the school. This is such an incredible red flag because it basically says that they were told to stand down. What was the last catastrophe in this nation, Greg, where we now know that the officials were told to stand down? Uh, let's see, 9-11? Exactly. The, uh, exactly. <laughs> when the planes were heading you got the it. Pentagon or the plane yep, or whatever. We, yeah. we, were in a, we were in a drill. And the other... Um, I'm not sure about Benghazi. Robert's sending me text saying Benghazi. Um, that's very complicated. No, we, I will not accept that without data. I want data that somebody was told to stand down because all my sources say they were. In, it was impossible to get there in time. It wasn't that we were stood down. It was just they were logistically not. They there was no way they could be helped in the time that they they had to be helped. But let's not get caught in minutia. The point is about this incident. We've got data from the alignments. We've got data from the uh, videotape that nobody of authority could have stopped this, you know, taken fire from the shooter and stopped him from killing students and faculty, went in, and no one has given us a reasonable excuse except this one guy, Peterson, resigned, why they all wouldn't go in. And then the sheriff claims that he's incredibly incensed and angry and disappointed and, and horrified and all this. But is that, is that true? Tell you what. Um, it's hard to tell. Oh, oh, you're coming up on a break? Or, no, no we, no, we have a few minutes, you know. Okay. Uh, one of the things that, you know, said that, um, that after the, in 1999, after the uh, shooting out in Colorado, there was Columbine, a, Columbine, that they changed the, the old rules were you never went in, you never rushed into a building exactly. and waited for backup. They waited and for backup. And then they said they said that doesn't work. You know, there's a there was a think tank of police people in Washington or whatever, and they said, Oh, you need to go in and, and take some action. And so then, you know, I read about the uh, uh, the Pulse Nightclub down there in Florida that the 
police didn't go in right away. They waited. They waited two and a half hours, and you hours. and I tracked through you want, two and a half hours where all these people were being murdered. And they didn't go in, and we now know that all of this stuff was basically done on this ritual clock. Right. That one was on yep, the alignments. Yep. Then you get to Las Vegas, you know, the descending eagle. That was on the ritual clock. So, right. you know, the, to me, what's different about this is that this kid, Nicholas Cruz, who was a time bomb just wait, I mean, 39 times the sheriff supposedly, according to the press reports, went to this guy's house because of complaints, you know, and threats and all this other stuff. 39, twice, 19.5. Someone has hung. That's a, right. I noticed that. <laughs> a ritual frame around this incident, this tragedy, this this horrific one more in an unending stream. Now, the question that I'm going to be posing later on this morning when I talk with, um, with Robert Stanley, is this within the realm of human activity to set up this ritual and to punch these clocks, or are we dealing with some kind of superhuman intelligence which is plugged into the alignment data because it's plugged into the physics, and this is all about doing it when the physics is right, when whatever you're doing will be amplified in human consciousness. In other words, the objective of this was to basically show, show S-O-W, more fear porn and horror about this absolutely horrific tragedy one more time with awful, awful feeling. And that's what we're going to be talking about, you know, over the next couple, three hours. Another question. I would have for Robert is, is, I mean, the thought occurred to me. I read that the shooter had been, uh, they told the, the people that arrested him, whatever, that that he was hearing voices, that the voices told oh him my to, to do things. I missed that. You thing. know, to carry out the, yeah, I'll have to find the, the, the link on that and, and ship that over to you. But, um, but. In that see, that, article, see, see, just see, that's a little not, paragraph near the top, and then the rest of the article is about totally other stuff. But anyway. Well, um, you remember that the, the Navy guy in Washington who wound up, I forget whether he committed suicide or he was killed by police, who in, in, invaded the Navy Yard with a rifle and killed several people. Remember, he, he had been for days moving from motel to motel and complaining that he was hearing voices in his head. Okay. And yeah, that, I vaguely remember that. Just Google. It's there. Okay. You know, this is this is why I wanted to do this show tonight, because, again, I think we have new data, which the mainstream desperately needs to pay attention to, because this means that this is being arranged, and it's not between the Democrats and the Republicans, and it's not Hillary, and it's not all this crap, which is so low-level missing the big, big, big picture, because if Robert's investigation, which we're going to talk about at some length tonight, is accurate, it means the human race for a very long time has been haunted, and it doesn't know it, or at least in terms of the 21st century, it doesn't know it, but that's not true either, because some cultures do seem to know it, and they have developed defenses which we're going to talk about because I don't like putting out problems without potential solutions. So that's what we're going to be talking about 
over the rest of the evening. Uh, Greg, if you want to uh, tell you what, uh, why don't you call back in toward the end of the show? And, and if you have questions of Robert, we'll, we'll add you then. Um, if we, if we, if we good night you now, we have better bandwidth because he's all the way over right, in Hong yeah. Kong. So let oh my me, goodness. let me good night you and uh, we'll have you back when, when we have Q and a, which is going to be toward the end of the show. And what I'm going to do is to mute everyone on Skype. And I will tell you that you are on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland and we shall return with Robert Stanley and an extraordinary tale. Don't go away. You're listening to the first hour of The Other Side of Midnight. Be sure to catch our complete live show every Saturday and Sunday night at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, for a full three hours of this kind of exploration. And be sure to visit theothersideofmidnight.com as you listen so you can follow our special Radio with Pictures guest page simultaneously. The Kinthea, our hardworking producer, specifically prepares to illustrate the topics discussed each show. Why? Because there is vital additional information on that Radio with Pictures guest page that I assure you will immeasurably enhance your understanding and enjoyment of what our guests are describing. I mean, would you rather listen to a guest talk about NASA images of ancient artifacts on Mars or simultaneously be able to follow the official NASA images showing you, as you're listening, the ruins? If you'd like to listen at your convenience to all our shows, including our unique Radio with Pictures feature, please visit theothersideofmidnight.com and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the left-hand column. Okay. What do you get with your Club 19.5 membership, besides helping the show literally stay on the air? Well, first of all, you will exclusively, this is not available to the general public, enjoy our enhanced ad-free podcast, courtesy of Chris Bell, automatically downloading all the latest The Other Side of Midnight shows directly to your favorite podcast device so you can listen when you want to. Further, as a full Club 19.5 member, you will gain exclusive access to our The Other Side of Midnight 24-7 chat server, what I can't help calling the Open Hailing Frequencies Room, which is available only to members 24-7. Now, during the show, that's where you will find other 19.5 members and sometimes even members of the bridge crew, my guests, and even me uh, when I have time. Regardless, you can always relay live questions to me during the show just by going to the Open Hailing Frequencies room. Of course, when we're not on the air with your 19.5 membership, you can visit our Club 19.5 radio archives anytime and download all our shows directly to your computer, which will automatically provide you a screen size that allows you to really examine the remarkable images Kinthea posts for each show. Okay, <clears throat> here's where I need to get kind of super serious. Club 19.5 is how our show is currently solely supported. In my hopefully not vain attempt to keep commercials <clears throat> to a minimum. If you're concerned about keeping us on the air, if you want to hear information that has been vetted far more than perhaps any other show, the best way to ensure that is to join Club 19.5 and get your friends and family to join too. 
And if you don't know already, when I drop by open hailing frequencies, you can even ask me directly what the ultimate meaning is behind 19.5. Literally, the most exclusive club in the world. Please join me and my interesting guests on this very stream every Saturday and Sunday night at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, and be sure to come back and listen to our live three-hour shows. Thanks for listening, and now, back to the show. And welcome back on the other side of midnight on this Saturday night, February 24th. God, we're almost two months into 2018. And I guarantee you things are going to get weirder before they get less weird. My guest tonight is Robert Stanley. And let me give you a bit of a thumbnail background in case you have not heard of any of his previous shows. Robert is the author of two groundbreaking books, Close Encounters in Capitol Hill and Covert Encounters in Washington, D.C., which I think we might be going to talk about tonight, the latter one. During his passionate pursuit of modern and ancient mysteries, Robert has traveled to some 58 countries in 57 years. His quest for unique ideas and information has led to research and writing about many, many controversial topics. His ongoing investigations have been featured on television, of course, radio, print, and the Internet. Formerly a corporate journalist for Honda Research and Development, currently he is the host of the Unicus Radio Hour and he served as a correspondent for America's Morning News and America's Radio News Network. Robert is currently employed as a corporate editor for International Social Compliance Service, which does not wish to be named on the other side of midnight. Robert was born in 1959 and is a native of Los Angeles, California. He grew up in Malibu, and Malibu is going to come up kind of in, in intriguing ways tonight. And in 2008, he moved to southern New England with his wife, son, and dog. And then in 2015, he relocated his entire family to Asia. In fact, he is talking to us tonight from Hong Kong. Robert, welcome to the other side. Richard, it's a pleasure to speak with you again. Well, we have a tiger by the tail, given that you're there yes. on, the, on the edge of China. And you know the old Chinese saying, man who ride tiger must be careful lest he wind up inside. <clears throat> I think we're riding a tiger. And I think with this event, this horrible event, we've got data that's objective enough to really prove something bizarre. Is I mean, you can't have four deputy sheriffs all having sudden drastic, you know, attacks of cowardice. Just doesn't happen. True. And when True. the other guys arrived from, uh, I forget which which other community, they're uh, Coral Gables or uh, Coral whatever, in the next town over, they were shocked and aghast to find the, the Brevard guys standing outside, hiding behind their vehicles with their guns drawn, not doing anything. So what the hell, I mean, let's just dive into this, and then, and then we'll work mm -hmm. backward. Okay, well, I mean, I, <laughs> there's a lot of interesting chat going on off the show here between you and your colleagues, which I happen to be one, I'm very proud to say. Um, the uh, Parkland, somebody brought up the fact that Parkland's the name of the, the hospital where Kennedy went. Exactly, after was, that's the first thing I thought you know, of. I was, for like, so like an hour, I was so weirded out because it was Parkland. And it's like, whoa, 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 that's, that's 
50 years ago, almost. Uh, but it's, yeah, but it, there is no real time. It's all relative. Well, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's all red happening. mythic, it's symbolic. It's all part of the zeitgeist, yes, it's the same pattern. Yeah. It's the same pattern repeating itself. And in fact, I really believe that's what this is. Um, you had Thomas Fallone on recently, and you guys were talking about um, consciousness, and and he had a, offered up a very interesting diagram of the various ages that would that our solar system, and of course us, we as conscious entities, energetic, you know, multidimensional beings, we go through these various phases, uh, and the we are out of the Kali Yuga, which is the darkest part of this cycle. So well, we are actually coming finish, out of it. Let me stop you there. Go ahead. Are Go ahead. we really? I've seen so much conflicting yes. data. It yes. looks to me. I mean, I well, tell me your sources, because to me, we're still in the Kali Yuga, and we're not going to get out of it for another couple hundred years. Yeah, I understand that. Um, so my dad was a disciple of uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, who was a disciple of Sri Yukteswar. And he is the one that stated that. Now, based you have on to identify, identify these people for the audience, please. Okay, so these, these people are uh, gurus from India. Yogananda is very well known because he wrote a book called The Autobiogra Autobiography of a Yogi. Wasn't he and in Santa Barbara? He, no, he, he was in Los Angeles and also near San Diego, um, Encinitas. Okay. okay. But he started off in Boston and he moved his way to the West Coast and he still has a presence there, even though he passed away in 52 at the Ambassador Hotel. Died of a heart attack mm. while he was giving his speech. Yeah, weird. So anyway. Um, but who was uh, who was his guru? That's his the guy guru we was, to... Yes, exactly. Sri Ryukitswar. And may, I may not be pronouncing that 100% accurately. It's kind of a tongue twister. Close to provoke music. I grew up on that. And so as I was listening to your show with Tom, Thomas Palam, I looked at that diagram and it, the attribution was to Sri Yukitswar who had come up with this calibration. So I went and I looked him up because I remembered him. Well, I'm now reading one of his books called The Holy Science. It's a spiritual mm -hmm. book on science. And in there, he talks specifically about how he came to that awareness that we were, in fact, already exited out of the Kali Yuga. Uh, and that there seems to be a concerted effort by these dark forces in that particular frequency range. Uh, I mean, think about it on like um, like a radio dial. Mm -hmm. There's There's, okay, so on one end of the spectrum, you might have some very very disturbing sounds that are like really caused you to feel uncomfortable. Discord. Fingernails the, on a blackboard. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. So the other, the other end of the ah, spectrum. It just style, makes me cringe even thinking of it. <laughs> yes. So, so um, on the other end of that same radio dial, you might turn in some, to tune into something that is absolutely beautiful and harmonious, whatever the it may Mormon be. Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Ah, thank you. Yeah, I actually got to hear them live once. My so, dad loved them. Sunday mornings in our house, we used to have radios of the house all tuned to the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. This is before stereo, this is AM radio. And okay. that was our introduction to Saturday, Sunday morning, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, live from, I forget the, the, the center there in uh, Salt Lake City. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, but... It's a special place, Richard, just like the much oh, I, later. I, I, I have been there. Okay, I, so I you know traveled, the acoustics in there. I've that street, yes, yes. The acoustics in that building are, well, very close to yep, perfect. Yep, well, they were designed so perfect. They were designed to be, yes, to amplify the choir all the way to the back of the room and to fill the, the entire building 
perfectly with uh, this acoustic waves. And actually, that's a big part of what you and I've been discussing about this whole issue is the wave patterning. It's either um, resonant or dissonant. Mm -hmm. And that's, in fact, what's happening as we exit this particular dissonant period to what, like the ancients had called it, this Kali Yuga. It's a very dissonant age or time frequency that we're passed through and are, are exiting out of. So the dark forces there, the dissonant forces, I should say, are really trying to hang on desperately to um, control. And that's why they do these sort of things. They set up that sort of perpetuate those, those, the dissonant patterning when they do these ritual murders. Well, this one has so many fingerprints. I, mean, I know. All we they have all to do, do is look... get this. But see, this one is really overt. I know. I, because you, I, yes, you, I know. you have a guy who was, you know, a ticking time bomb that nobody did anything about. Like he was being cultivated yep. for, for the right time over years. We're, look, we're looking at the grooming of evil. Well, yeah. And I mean, see this from. And a, then, and then the system, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the system no, in sorry. every way on this one, the system totally failed well it's designed to protect those kind of individuals because the shadow government is satanic it is demonic it is dissonant at the very core because it's been that way for you know thousands of years as we pass through that particular age and now it's starting to crumble and so they're desperately trying to retain that control and maintain that dissonant frequency around mm. the world mm. But so, it's become so overt that even mainstream people are beginning. I mean, this is the good news. The mainstream <laughs> yeah, folks are right. starting to ask questions like, I, what I the hell? Who ordered this? Exactly. And this is the thing. They are desperate and it is becoming more transparent. And it is waking people up from their comfort zone to ask these critical questions. And more importantly, than to act on them to uh, protect themselves and also, well, create a, a, a better future, a more a resonant, harmonious future. See, the thing I don't think the bad guys, and we're going to you know, use very simple white hat and yes, black hat please. labels tonight. Yes. The, the thing I don't think the bad guys counted on were these incredible adults masquerading as teenagers. These mm. old souls, these people. I mean, I look back, I've been in media most of my life, and I look at these kids and I say, how the hell given what they went through, how can mm -hmm. they be so centered and focused and poised and big picture and determined and quietly confident and all the things that teenagers are never supposed to, to show because that's not who they are, right? They're, they're, they're a mess. Teenage years are a mess. Usually, and, but, you know, Richard, I'm sorry to interrupt, but they, we are, especially in America, we've become battle-hardened. To this, this is such a frequent, unfortunately. I hate to say this, but it's yeah, extremely but un until frequent. you're on the receiving end of an AK, you know, an AR 15, and then remember, they you can do polls and then there's reality. Yes, I, I guarantee know. you, these kids were not battle hardened, they saw this up on television. But when it okay. hits you in your, in your yard, and the folks next to you that you care about are killed yep. in a tragic, awful way, the way this, this particular gun works, yeah. you, nothing can prepare you for that. I don't care, but they're but they've somehow risen above it, and this is their therapy. Okay, and they've been trained the consciousness of a nation that says enough is enough. In other words, it isn't fear and terror that's being responded to; it's prevalence of this must 
end. We must get past well, this. Yeah, you're bringing up a good point here too, is that um, when the individuals are ritually sacrificed or murdered in that fashion, it sends out this ripple, the shockwave, throughout the cosmos and uh, set up that dissonant pattern. But it also, all the people that are touched by this are participating on some level energetically through their consciousness. It is disturbed as well. They are affected by this. So, you know, it it works. I mean, it definitely works or they wouldn't keep doing it. When I say works, it keeps, it perpetuates that patterning, that dissonant pattern. Except this time seems to be different. It's not working as well. Uh, as I said, people are, um, okay, maybe battle-hardened is not the, wor- the word, but there is definitely a shift. People realize that this is, this is uh, there's something extremely wrong with all of this stuff, and it isn't just too many guns or uh, anti-psychotic, or what do they call those? Um, psychotropic? Psychotro- thank you, psychotropic drugs. Um or, or psychotro- not psychotropics, the other one. What is that? Uh, the, the technology, the scalar wave. Why can't I remember the name of that? Um, anyway, the mind you. control. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, By the, the way, speaking control, of mind control, you know, let, me, let me do the thing here so you can kind of organize your thoughts. Sure. Blog talk has been cut off from us tonight. We cannot get phone calls through blog talk. I don't know whether that's going to persist to the end of the show. But I just want everybody out there who wants to call in, you may not be able to because we've been trying behind the scenes while the program is going on and we're being blocked. Something Sprint cell phone says unable to complete your call. Bonders just rings. Uh, FIOS says all circuits are busy. Google Voice (laughs) just rings. They're really desperate because all they're doing is highlighting pay attention, pay attention. Yeah, so the, the the drugs are called psychotropics. The the energy, the directed energy waves mm-hmm. that causes also aberrant behavior is um, psychotronics. Oh, okay. That's the word I was. They're so similar. Or psionics. Like, okay. Well, in any case, um, those are both part of the physical dynamic, but it's still it's all about the consciousness, the controlling the wave patterning. Well, the fact that this has been done on these ritual dates with ritual alignments tells me they're yeah. trying to use this ritual sacrifice on Valentine's Day. Tell the right. audience what you sent <laughs> to me a few hours ago about yeah. – because val- I wondered why Valentine's Day. What a what a tragic inversion of what we have come to think of as this furry, mushy, everybody, you know, kumbaya moment in time, and someone designs – murder evil plotted murder on that day to drive a stake through the heart pun intended of all Mm. those positive feelings by design so what happened what what happened to the uh the the original saint valentine well before we do that you actually bring up a really good point i hadn't considered you're right that is supposed to be a day of love or loving Mm -hmm. towards uh, establishing loving relationships which are there we go. That's resonance, and then you and then you def, try and defeat it or diffuse that with, by using dissonance. Mm. So that just that just proves what I was saying before. Straight hyperdimensional conscious field physics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, now what was your question again? I'm sorry. So, I got what happened to Saint Valentine? 
Oh, St. Valentine. Yeah, right. Well, it's a he's a very mysterious character. It might actually be a conglomerate of more than one individual. But well, it should be an archetype. We, yeah, but it's like, okay, so we don't know for sure who this guy was, but at least one person associated with that was uh, tortured, murdered, beheaded by the Catholic Church. You, and then and then later uh, he was considered a martyr so they because he was actually according to what I little I understand uh, is that he was trying to help couples uh, like okay so the the soldiers the Roman legions they wanted them to be completely devoted to the state and they didn't want them to be have love interests that they would that could compromise them at any level mm. allegedly this is this was Part of the narrative I've read. So, but this guy Valentinius uh, was he was um, still marrying people, soldiers specifically in the Roman legions, and and they caught wind of it and ultimately did you know horrible things to him. So, I mean, that's the that's part of it. There's other rumors, narratives that all seem to stem back to for some reason this guy. I remember reading once that he was well, because hang on, of hang his, on. You right there, you just epitomized what I we know. were referring to in terms of Parkland. They yeah. killed the guy representing love <laughs> and connection and bonds, bonds and et cetera. I know. Back in the day. Resonance, yeah. dissonance. Right. It's and in, it, that's it doesn't get much more simple than that. It, yeah, it really just is. Just stamp a out like love. That. I mean, this is blatantly yeah. screaming from the rooftop, stamp out love. Go with yeah. fear. Go with fear porn. I mean, look yeah. at how the president has amplified the fear part of this right. over and but, over and over again. By the yeah, way, but, by the way, yeah. let me interrupt. Um, uh, Kintia, in her inimitable professionalism, has been able to post uh, Greg's link to Voices in His Head. So if you refresh the page uh, under Greg's items, uh, it will be there. Let me actually do that myself, okay? And I get these directions and I kind of, you know, take them on faith. It's like having a control tower, ground control to Major Tom. <laughs> there it is. Suspect, Florida suspect said he heard voices telling him to carry out massacre. Then with sources, this is ABC News. I mean, this is, this is, this is important because the more the mainstream starts talking about this, the more people will begin to question all these coincidences. I mean, how many coincidences can you pile on where everything was done to craft this guy to be at the point of the spear on St. Valentine's Day last week? Yeah, so let's get back to the officers that did not respond that were on the scene. Mm. It's possible that they were being uh, controlled remotely as well. Is something we saw in the Gulf War, the first Gulf War, I believe. Um, now, when you say that, you don't mean by my means of radio and orders from, you know, upper levels of command. You're talking no. about psycho-spiritual connection to where they're basically yeah. made into zombies during the critical period. Yeah, paralyzed by some. Well, okay. In the case of the Gulf War, first Gulf War, they were using a technology they call the Voice of God. It's probably the neurophone. Uh, oh, Patrick I, Flanagan's neural that, that yeah that was taken by the state under national security uh, auspices and um, I worked and they with weaponized one. it. I worked with one. It works. Okay, of course it works. Well, you, so, you can't but I mean, there's no of course about anything, all right? Everything has I, to be I know proved. but so. I know but or well, I guess the bigger question and it was it being employed in the field and I yes. would have to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, it's been proven to work. I mean, um 
how I first heard about it was people in Hollywood that and the music industry said that, you know, well, this will be the next great thing. But it was being blocked from from going to, um, you know, the shelves because uh, the military has been using it well, for a yeah, number of years. Well, yeah, it's the kind of ultimate VR experience. If you can get visuals mm, 3D yes. and you get your audio. See, one of the giveaways, I think, Robert, is if these guys, and remember the guy in the Navy Yard, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If they're hearing voices, then it's kind of clunky because the real way you control a human being, we're going to get into that later in the morning, is yeah. you make the subject think that the things he or she is doing is of their own volition. There's no Correct. grating exterior voice commanding you. This sounds like like clunky black ops using a very sophisticated technology in a very crude way. Yeah, the gentleman uh, that you're speaking about from the Navy Yard, he actually – it started happening to him when he was in Rhode Island. I remember that mm -hmm. specifically. In New England, yes. And he went from motel to motel, and he actually talked right. to some of the clerks how he couldn't sleep yeah. because he heard these voices. It's yeah, all on the first record. He, I know. He first he thought it might be coming through the wall like it normally mm -hmm. does in a hotel, motel, whatever situation. But he said – and it was multiple voices, by the way. He, he knew that somebody was – or some group – was targeting him, and now these people are called um, uh, targeted individuals. And uh, there, there's unfortunately there's a growing population of people that are realizing that they've been targeted by some group or groups out there that have this kind of technology and they're abusing it or just abusing people with it. See, over the years, we want to kind of amplify this point. Um, various people have kind of drifted through my perimeter, my radar. Mm -hmm some of whom appear to be tagged and targeted and and tortured right. via this technology. And remember what I said a few weeks ago about, you know, it's not doing them any good to mess with the show because we have many routes to get it out there. The right. fact is these people are, are sadists, and it doesn't yeah. have to have a national security implication. It doesn't have to have a bigger picture. They just have a tool, <laughs> a toy, and they're using it on certain people just because – they're sadists. Do you mean Satanists? Sadists. Uh, I heard you, but um, Satanists typically are that as well. Well, I don't know that. See, you make a statement, you got to prove it to me, okay? Uh, I do okay. know there's a lot of people walking around who love to break people's kneecaps to give them as much physical discomfort as possible. That's, you know, look, look at some of your guards in prisons. Um, yep. Look at look at some police officers. There are sadists at every level of of global society, and we're later in the program. We're going to get into why that may be. Okay. But regardless of what you call them, the 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 end product is they will pick out victims to torture, having no bigger purpose, no meta plan, no geopolitical, you know, big picture than just to torture those people because they can. Right. Well, um, as I was going to tell you earlier, that from an Islamic perspective, uh, th they would call some of these entities, parasitic demonic entities, they call them jinn. Mm -hmm. And that they claim oh, wait, that wait, everybody... now, now we've gone light years from black ops guys, human beings just using technology. Because you, yeah. you, you mentioned, you know, some of the hyperdimensional beings we're going to talk about who basically right. also do this, but they do have a game plan. Their very well, yeah. survival appears to yes. be part of why they have to do this. Yes, and they don't really need a technology per se. 
Yep. They, they, they make sure that we get it and use it, but they don't need that. And, and here's what I want to tell you is uh, what I've learned is that the Islamists say that um, everybody is born with at least one or more of these jinn assigned to them at birth and that they have the ability to whisper into the souls of men. So there you go again with the voices in the head. Um, this, some of these jinn apparently have very uh, extraordinary powers. And if you make a deal with them, they will grant you access to that. But there's always a price. Is this where the whole Faustian go. thing came from? Um, uh, well, I, it's part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the same thing under a different name. Because I have like a feeling know. that the super, super rich elites, the ones that we keep yeah. saying run the planet. That, <laughs> yeah, they that, don't. That the way that they got their billions and billions and their yes. power is by making a deal with a hyperdimensional entity that can yeah. actually make the stuff they want to do come true. It's, yes, it's a manifestation. Uh, it's, a, it's a process. It's very scientific once you understand it. Um, you know, actually a replicator. Some people, I heard some people talking about this today so in Star Trek, you know, the, the replicator can mm -hmm. um, alter the molecule, molecular yeah, my, structure. My, my, my favorite gadget. You can have synthetic I know, turkeys. <laughs> well, but okay. So originally though, that idea came from Tom Swift, the Tom Swift series. Really? He's the one. Yes. It's in there, and I, I know, but I do, and I'm telling you, I read it, and it blew my mind because I was I had grown up on Star Trek, but I came into the Tom Swift stuff late. I mean, I was in my 30s. In fact, I was working at Honda Research and Film, and when I read that, I thought, "Holy crap! How did this? Who is who wrote this stuff? I mean, it, it's a, it's 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 a smorgasbord of all these future sciences." Um, well, then the so question, like, of course, which people, you know, we we should put it out there so people can think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are these guys making this stuff up, i.e. like Arthur Clarke thinks he's just writing all this from the depth of his imagination, or are they connecting with a previous history where this stuff yeah. really was real? Yeah, they're transmitting things to us in a way that is not too shocking to our system. In other words, it's a lot easier for the average person to accept it as fiction well, wait, 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 wait. I think it's a lot easier for the writer to accept it as fiction because when I tried to call Arthur gently one day on some of this, huh? the only time in our relationship he ever got really mad at me, really angry, like when Buzz Aldrin hit uh, Bert Seibel, you know, the guy who claimed he never went to the moon. Why did yeah. Aldrin sock him? Because Aldrin's <laughs> deep, deep, you know, uh, distrust of what he's been fed is that maybe yeah. – they didn't go to the moon after all. And of course, he's furious with himself that that happened. So he hit Bert Seibel for basically holding that mirror up to him and forcing him to confront was it real or was it Memorex? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. hold it there. We're at the top of the hour. My guest this morning is Robert Stanley, and we're talking about something that is absolutely captivating as well as very, very important for the bigger picture. Because as I've been saying, as this physics changes, as we move toward these nodes where things can happen that have never happened for thousands and thousands of years in this cyclic idea, you know, the, the Vedas, is it possible that these entities will increase or decrease in power in the same phase? In other words, when the physics peaks, their energy, their power, their ability to manipulate us also peaks. We'll get into the details and give some background substantiation to this when we come back. 
You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland, and we shall return. Thanks for listening to this exciting first hour. Now, the second and third hour of the show is available to Club 19.5 members only. Please support the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 and join our very interesting community. To do that, please visit the website, theothersideofmidnight.com, and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the left-hand column. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350-plus shows that we have done. Now, recent Club 19.5 member archive recording have the commercials removed, and the sound quality has been enhanced. You'll also receive a dedicated private podcast feed that contains these enhanced show recordings. And you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the archive if you prefer. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll have access to a private chat server that member used to chat about the show during the show, and you will have a direct channel to post a question that will be read on the air to the guest. And you'll have a place to post questions during our open hailing frequencies. We realize that not everyone wants to call in live, and this gives you an easy way to participate in a live show without having to participate. Club 19.5 members can use this private chat to talk about the shows, ask questions, suggest new guests, and I may even pop on from time to time to answer specific questions. Also, the entire Bridge crew is in these participating chat channels, so you can interact with them as well. You'll also be the first to preview our new videos and reports. We'll be adding exclusive new features to Club 19.5 as we go forward, and boy, have we got some amazing things to tell you about in the coming weeks. So please support the show and don't miss all the exciting new things we have planned. I want to thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your guys' support, this show would not be on the air. Please help us continue growing the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 today. And when I say we really need you, we really need you. Over and out. <laughs>